0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Ron, we are cruising through spring here. I mean, the Olympics are over. That was. that was kind of a non non event for me. Yeah, I didn't really watch much. It actually had the lowest like rating ever for an
1: Olympics. Yeah, so it was not watched.
0: Not many fans and uh I did I did rewatch the uh the Russian figure skating meltdown yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> I watched that and that was interesting. She was um, not happy. It was sad, but it does kind of serve Russia. Yeah, kind of serves them right. Yeah. So yeah, so that was that, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know, we're leading up to Masters here. It's getting exciting. Yeah, I you know? saw my I first ad
1: for the Masters, so it kind of gets y'all excited, yeah. ready for spring.
0: Yeah, and spring is here. I mean, we got what it's some 80-degree weather this week, even though it's cooled yeah. down a little bit here for the weekend, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is great time of the year. Yeah, I love absolutely. it. flowers coming out. Yeah. Grass. I could see the grass in my yard starting to come out, so yeah, it's exciting. And speaking of exciting, we have some great topics today. Um, you know, we're going to talk about... Tips for higher inflation, because unfortunately, we are seeing some real inflation, as we've been talking about for quite a while here. Um, But there are some things you can do, right? So you just need to, you know, there's some things you can do um, in your investments, and there's some things you can do personally to kind of position yourself for higher inflation um, and higher cost. And uh, we're going to kind of opine on some of these. We don't agree with all these, but some of these are, they're, they're worth worth paying attention to.
1: Yeah. And the second topic really is uh, buying a first home costs more than you think, especially now. A lot of people are buying homes. Um, and honestly, there's a lot of people making mistakes. And so and it, and very costly mistakes. And so we just want to kind of take a look at that and how you can save some money and not make a big uh, mistake by going, rushing into a house purchase.
0: Yeah, that's that's very interesting and very important. So by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience in financial planning, and investment advice.
1: And I'm Ryan Borders. I'm also a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart SmartVestor Pro.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday morning, um, and you can check us out on our website. All of our old ones are there. You can check us out on iTunes, um, or you can check us out on our website, moneymd.net, where you can listen to us anywhere in the world. You can see all of our old podcasts. They're they're listed. Um, and by, by date but they're also listed by subject matter so you can see all the topics we've covered hundreds of topics yeah. over the past 10 years on the show so a lot of information out there and a lot of great tools on our websites so do check us out there you can link to us send us your questions we would love to hear from you and we will talk about those right here on the show Well, Ron, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yeah, and this one's about inflation. So while inflation was 7% last year, it has averaged 2.4% over the past 30 years and 3.7% over the past 80 years. Uh, Large U.S. stocks have beaten inflation by
0: 8% over the past 80 years. Yeah, that's 8% per year over the last 80 years. So. You know, I'll give you a little, little little, preview of our topic here about inflation, and that is if you want to beat inflation, the stock market is by far the best tool for that. Absolutely. It has beaten it by 8% per year over the last 80 years. That's remarkable. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Great fact of the week. And that does lead us up to here to our first topic, and that is tips for higher inflation and, Ron, this comes from a uh, article uh, from Market Watch very recently, Elisa uh, uh, Wilson. And, um, you know, inflation, I mean, it appears to really be kicking off, and, and no one really knows what altitude, you know, this is going to level out at, but hopefully it'll start to descend soon. In February, the Labor Department released the latest Consumer Price CPI Index numbers, and it showed that inflation rose again at 7.5% year-over-year in January. That was the highest it's been in 40 years. Um, So it is is really here, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every time I look at the news or talk to anybody, I'm hearing about some kind of home prices or gas or oil or something that has absolutely skyrocketed in price. And I think January CPI numbers show that, you know, this upward pressure on inflation is unlikely to settle out anytime soon. But furthermore, I mean, you know, the core price index, um, which strips out the kind of volatile things like food and energy, it rose 6% in January compared to a year ago. Um, So no doubt, I mean, you know, this news does have investors, savers, nervous about You know, what to do with their money, um, not to mention their anxiety over how they're going to afford groceries next year. Um, So, obviously, you know, the hope is that when the Fed raises rates next month um, and the supply chain problems start to resolve themselves, that we're going to begin to see prices start to settle down a little bit. Of course, nobody really knows how long this might continue. But meanwhile, you know, there are some tips we have here for how to combat inflation with your investments in your personal life. Um, some of these we most of these we, we agree with. Some we disagree with. So yeah. We're going to dig into these. We're going to comment on them. Um. So yeah, the first one here, Ron, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to comment real quick. You know, the biggest price increase I saw. I was looking at the data. Was used cars and trucks are up forty point five percent. That's insane.
0: Unbelievable. If you have an extra car sitting around your yard, dude, I mean, now is the time to unload that. Maybe you can start riding a bike to work, but don't buy a car if you don't have to. (laughs) Makes me want to sell my car. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. I might finally be able to get out of this, (laughs) get what I
1: put in it out. That's right. Well, the first thing you want to look at is, hey, invest smartly in your employer-sponsored retirement plan in a brokerage account. So investing in stocks is the key to beating inflation. We just talked about that with the financial fact. So, for example, the average annualized rate of return for the S&P 500 is roughly 10%, um, the data shows. That's why experts advise you to invest in your company's employer retirement plan. Open a brokerage account if you have additional savings um, that you can view as your mid- to long-term savings and take advantage of, of the compounding. Uh, the key here is to beat inflation significantly, um, and nothing has beaten inflation like the stock market over the over the years. Um, in fact, data shows that over the past ninety-three years, stocks um, have U.S. stocks have beaten inflation by almost five percent per year, while bonds have beaten it less than one percent per year, and the CD and and CDs and savings accounts have actually lost to inflation. So, if you're going to beat inflation by any significant margin, You really need to focus on your portfolio on the stock market, like we talked about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, and it's also very important to make sure that you're in a diversified portfolio. Um, You know, that means that's one built from asset classes like large stocks, small stocks, value, growth, international stocks, even bonds. Um, But obviously, investing in the stock market carries some risk. So the best way to mitigate that risk is through great diversification. So you want to make sure... That you're not concentrated in one, you know, one sector, or one industry, or a few stocks. You want to be diversified across the entire market. Um, the tip number two here, Ryan, is to consider tips. That's Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, um, and those are government bonds that do help protect you against inflation. Um, the principle of the tips they increase with inflation. And they um, decrease with deflation, so as measured by the consumer price index. And then the, the but the money doctors, I mean, for us, we agree in principle that this can help. However, bonds do have interest rate risk, yes. Um, particularly longer term bonds and tips tend to be intermediate to long term bonds. So you have to be careful here. Um, and we actually have some inflation protected bonds in our portfolios. But we are very short-term with those, very short-term maturities, which are a lot safer. Um, so I just looked up the typical TIPS fund, and it's down 1% to 3% over the last three months, so the last few months. So that just goes to show you um, you have to be careful with these. However, you know, having some inflation protected bonds, which are also short-term in nature, they will help protect you without taking too much inflation risk um, or too much inflation. Uh, too much interest rate risk. So you want to be careful there, but you know, that's something to consider.
1: Yeah. The third thing is looking at real estate. So real estate tends to keep up with inflation over time. However, real estate is also not liquid. So that brings another type of risk into play with your investments. I don't love calling like your house an investment because I think of an investment as something you plan to sell to make money. Um, So I want to be careful there. Uh, The truth is that most people already have a lot of their wealth tied up in real estate. uh, through their home, and we are seeing those uh, rise tremendously in value. So obviously a lot of people have been able to sell their home for a lot lately. Um, So, you know, if you are looking to buy, it can be a good time. Obviously, it's it's a very expensive market, very limited market right now. Um, But if you already own your home, uh, I wouldn't go crazy with a lot more uh, real estate at this point. Homes are expensive and will likely get hurt as the Fed starts raising interest rates. Ah, uh, people who bought homes in the last run-up of 20- thousand six and seven often had to wait ten years for the value to recover after the housing bust of two thousand eight and two thousand nine. So it's good to own real estate in your overall picture, but I would stick to liquid investments, stock funds, and your and uh, your like it's stock funds in your investment portfolio.
0: Yeah, that's right, and that's that's another one we kind of partly agree with, yeah. but you want to be careful there for sure. Um, yeah, the next one here is think about value stocks like consumer staples and, and, and uh, energy and uh, things like that. I mean, some advisors say investing in things like food and energy, which are always in high demand, is a smart choice during times of inflation because staples are essentials and companies selling them have the ability to price higher, to, to raise their prices during times of inflation like this. Um, and this is certainly true. However, again, you want to diversify. You know, fortunately, a well-diversified portfolio, you know, like, like we do with our clients, um, will already have a, a very healthy dose of value stocks like consumer staples because this has been long identified as a very desirable asset class. So energy stocks, food, financial stocks, those are all part of a value tilt in a good portfolio. And that's another reason... Why stocks overall do beat inflation by a healthy margin over time. So that one, that one we would say is a good one. Um, next one here is look for tax efficiencies. Um, yeah, I mean looking for tax efficiencies in your your investment account um, will certainly help combat inflation. You know, to, to maximize tax efficiency, investments that tend to lose less of their returns. To taxes are better suited for taxable accounts, while those that tend to lose more of the returns to taxes should be designated toward tax-advantaged accounts like IRAs and Roth IRAs. Um, one idea they mention here is to open a Roth IRA and max it out um, to build up a tax-free nest egg, which will be totally avoid taxes in the future and give you flexibility to kind of manage your taxes in retirement. Um, minimizing taxes is a great idea. Um, I don't think this idea is limited to times of high inflation. However, that's what so, I was about to say. <laughs> this is a, this is an idea that always yeah, works. Always okay? a good idea. This is always a good idea. So you can't go wrong keeping your investments as tax efficient as possible. While still maintaining the growth that you need to beat inflation over the long haul. So we like that one, not necessarily yeah. inflation related.
1: Yeah, all the time. Um, <clears> so the next one is actually one I didn't really think of when we're talking about uh, inflation, but align your career um, to, you know, to profession that keeps up with inflation. So like I said, I've never thought of this, but there are some industries and professions that are less able to pass on price increases than others, Um for instance, history says that government jobs do not keep up with inflation as well as the private sector. Uh, while they do provide great benefits and some stuff like pensions, which offer inflation increases in salar- and the salaries of government workers don't typically go up as much um, more than inflation. Um, so if you are looking for a new career, which it is a great time to do so, <laughs> um, now would be a great time to realign yourself with a profession uh, that does keep up with inflation, like healthcare, technology, or financial services. Um, look at the history of pay growth in any profession before switching jobs to make sure you consider the future growth opportunities. There hasn't been a hotter job market in decades, so now could be the perfect time to switch careers. Uh, if you find yourself uh, dead in your profession, you know, dead in profession. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to think about if you're young and you know, yeah. kind of thinking about your future. Um, Next one here is, you know, keep don't keep an excess amount of cash on hand. Yeah, I mean, if you're somebody who keeps a large amount of liquid cash on hand, you know, beyond what you need for an emergency fund, then you might consider investing the excess. Um, you know, the stock market is down right now, so it might be a good time to invest more, particularly if you have money sitting around that's not really designated as your emergency fund. You know, also interest rates are starting to rise, so you know there's the opportunity to invest more in money market accounts or something that pays more than a savings account, even for your emergency fund. In fact, here is a quick tip for some of your very safe savings that I added in here, and that is you can buy I bonds. And Ryan, you may not know about known about this. You can buy I bonds at TreasuryDirect.gov um, with up to ten thousand dollars per person. And those I-bonds are currently yielding 7.2% annualized rate. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I-bonds, what they are is they're, they're inflation bonds issued by the government. They're tied to inflation. Since inflation has skyrocketed so much recently, the last, the last update on those, they update every six months, last update was 7.2% yield. And you can still buy those. Um, those are set to renew in May, okay? So they renew every six months, and the, the rate renews every six months. So so you'll get a new rate in May, regardless. If you bought them now, they'd be 7.2% till May. Then they'd renew um, at a lower rate, probably, or maybe not. I don't know. Inflation's super high, so maybe they renew at the same rate. But you'd have to stay in for at least a year, Okay. And there's also a three-month interest penalty for pulling out after a year, mm. but before five years. But even if you gave up three months' worth of interest after a year, you're still likely going to beat a CD account by two or three times over in this. So um, you can't put a whole lot in. You can only put $10,000 per person in, but there's still that's a nice chunk But for a couple. you know, You could put $20,000 in there. And while the rate might drop over the next six months, it's hard to imagine the rate going, you know, down much in the near future. So, uh, yeah, because inflation's probably going to be high this year. So that's a good tip for you for some of your emergency money. Yeah, that's a
1: really good point. I've never heard of that before. So really, really good point. Um, that, But, you know, that said, don't neglect your emergency fund. So an emergency fund we preach here is very important. Um, open a savings account or other liquid investment account and put three to six months of expenses there that stays in cash and is only for emergencies. Um, keep an eye out for high-yield online savings account, which tends to offer rates that are much higher than the industry average, like there's an American Express or Capital One 360. Um, these are currently paying around 04 to 0.5%, uh, but should rise when rates start going up, um, but it's crucial. Make sure you always have that cash on hand so if something does happen, you can cover
0: it. Yeah, and those are totally liquid. So that's like, you know, yeah. a regular savings account. <clears throat> so that's a great place to put some money. And then uh, last one here is going, go deep into what you spend and how you save. You know, when inflation is high like it is, you often get hit with higher prices everywhere from grocery store to the gas pump. So keep tabs on your budget. Start looking for alternatives to expensive items that keep skyrocketing. You know, I mean, if you currently shop at nice grocery stores, you know, for your food, you know, it's time to switch maybe to Walmart or Aldi's, quite frankly. Um, you know, these two consistently are twenty five to thirty percent cheaper than the most expensive grocery stores like Publix and Fresh Market. You know, nothing wrong with those stores. I love Publix yeah. and Fresh Market, don't we all? But honestly, Walmart and Aldi's, we did a study one time, you can look it up, you know, more recently, 25, 30 percent cheaper. So yeah. And get a budget tuned up, you know, follow a spending plan, stay on track with your funds every month. If you're spending money in places that are enjoyable, but are not essential, you know, taking a break or pausing, you know, um, this type of expense, you know, can lead to savings in unexpected places. So, you know, reprice your auto insurance, consider dropping comprehensive coverage if your car is over five years old. Yeah, A lot of things you can do in times of inflation like this to kind of tighten the budget and, And do a little better and and make ends meet. I think that's
1: crucial. Just, you know, every year I kind of do an audit of all my expenses, insurance and things like that to see where I can save money. But doing the budget is crucial because people spend so much money on things like eating out. It's amazing.
0: Exactly. All right. And that leads us up here to our question of the week.
1: Yeah. So the question this week is uh, from one of our clients is my husband and I are both eligible for Social Security this year at 62. I've heard it's running out of money. So should we go ahead and start now at 62 for both of us or should we wait
0: yeah that's a great question and you know we get that question a lot yeah. um yeah because it's a obvious question about when do you start social security you know and it depends on your individual circumstance um there's a lot of factors that play into this you know whether you plan to continue working part-time how much is the husband or the you know one spouse social security compared to the other spouse's social security we usually would suggest that the spouse with the higher amount delay and the spouse with the lower amount might draw early. Um, and that's because the survivor of the two over time will get the higher benefit. Yeah. So the lower benefit's going to go for one life expectancy, while the higher benefit going to go for two life expectancies. So that would lead to the lower one drawing early and the higher one delaying. Um, so there's a lot of factors like that. I would suggest you come in, sit down, you know, or talk to us. Um, Let's you look at the whole situation and make that decision, um, or go talk to your financial advisor, wherever you're, you know, get some advice. Talk to your CPA, um, make an informed decision because that's not something I wouldn't just run out and take it at 62 just because you're afraid it's running out of money. I really don't believe they're going to cut Social Security anytime in the near future, particularly not for. Current retirees that yeah. that seems like the third rail in
1: politics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah, good question though. All right, and that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is buying a first home costs more than you think, especially now.
1: Yeah. So this one, I just want to kind of talk through with you, Steve. Today is because really, uh, home purchase can be very emotional, and you know, a lot of times people rush into it, and you know, buying uh, your first home is always stressful, and buying now with property prices increasing. Um, you know we're eating into savings and inflacing inflation driving up costs of home repairs um, is providing to be particularly costly for some first-time home buyers so new buyers are putting more money into down payments and increased closing costs as prices go up uh, to compete in the current market buyers are also waiving inspections and making fast deals ouch that's mm, very very it's dangerous, dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um Waiving an inspection can often mean buyers face needed repairs shortly after moving in, uh, just when budgets are already stretched thin, and the cost of the house repair is higher than usual right now, uh, thanks to the labor shortage, um, and also inflation pushing up the price of goods. So inflation, just like we talked about, rose 7% in December, um, as prices for appliances, household furnishings, um, and household operations all increased. You know, first-time home buyers also tend to have lower credit scores, a median of 720 versus 753 for repeat buyers, according to federal mortgage data complied by the American Enterprise Institute. So the lower credit scores is the higher interest rate, so there's new buyers are paying uh, more every month on their mortgage. Uh, so you know you want to look for things like that. So first-time home buyers are least are the least equipped to do things like wave inspections or overbid. Um, so yeah, just want to be very careful with this.
0: Yeah, and they give an example here, um, Ryan, of somebody that that made a poor decision on a house, you know, due to them going up so much in price. And so this is Kathleen and her boyfriend Eric, who you know lost three homes uh, in diff- in Nashville, Tennessee, to higher bidders despite offering. More than 40000 over the asking price of some of these homes. My goodness. And this was last summer. So the couple was thrilled when their $461,000 offer, my goodness, for a 112,000, uh. 112-year-old house, 1,100 square foot was accepted. <clears throat> so seller had two conditions. He said, wait, the inspection. And promised to go through with the deal, even if the property was appraised below purchase price.
1: <laughs> the answer is no for no, me,
0: please don't do that, <laughs> please don't do that, don't anyway, they did it, they did it they d- agreed to that um, and some people would say they're crazy. he says, you know a thirty year old um public information officer, but you know um he says there are twelve to fifteen offers on the same house, so you're forced to waive you know, to stay competitive. So you do whatever you have to do is what he's saying. You know, on the day the mo- the couple moved in, it was a 95-degree scorcher. The home's central air conditioning gave out the very first day they moved in. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Home inspection might have caught that. Yeah. You know, a new unit and installation cost $7,000. They opted for a payment plan that offered zero interest for five years. Couple still had roughly 15000 in emergency fund, but they decided to finance the new system so they could pay for any other unexpected expenses. So yeah, that's a disaster Yikes. waiting to happen.
1: Sounds like a money pit. Um, so first-time homebuyers made up 34% of all homebuyers in 2021 compared to 31% in 2020. Um, nationwide first-time homebuyers paid a median price of 252000 in 2021, uh, more than 9.5% higher than in 2020. Uh, so recently uh, sold homes were on the market for a median of one week, a drop from three weeks in 2020, the survey found. So uh, this is Natalie Lavova uh, and her husband uh, Lev Blinkit I can't even say it, said they had 15 minutes to walk through their home in Highland Ranch, Colorado, before they had to decide whether to make an offer. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, they didn't notice that many of the home's windows didn't open or close properly. They had an inspection, but the inspector missed the window problems. Um, the next shock came with the quote for repairing the windows, roughly $50,000. Um, so Ouch. they had a budget <clears throat> of about 15000 um, which so that's that's kind of a problem. The couple is going in phases, repairing the windows and bedrooms and living room, uh, first paying for the fixes with credit cards. Um yeah. So you know, they're hardly alone though in this in this. The average cost of care for a single family home rose nine point three percent to about just shy of five thousand dollars in twenty twenty one compared to the prior year, driven in part by the labor and material shortages according to an online uh, service marketplace. Um
0: yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, so what do you have to do? I mean you, you have to budget for things like maintenance and repairs. And that totals one to 3% of a home's value. They say every year. Um, so a $500,000 house, that's five to $15,000 per year. You have to budget for maintenance, um, you know, and, and when you buy a house though, too, you got to do things like talk to the neighbors, you know, ask them about flooding, you know, do you need flood insurance for this house? You know, think about it, you know, where's this house at? You got to bring in a home inspector for a tour, um, you know, particularly if the if the, we- the the seller starts demanding waiving an inspection. I mean, you got to run from that, right? There's a reason for that if they're asking for you to Absolutely. waive an inspection, you know, so ask questions about anything that seems odd on the disclosures on the home's listing, um, you know, tour the house, take pictures of the hot water heater, um, usually has a tag on it from the most recent servicer and You know, uh, the buyer can try to contact the company to get more information about the system and and history of repairs. Um, And they give an example here. You know, uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, this guy and his wife, they um, young 30s, early 30s, they thought they had found their dream home, three-home bedroom home with a finished basement in Montclair, New Jersey. About three weeks before closing, though, they, they learned they would need flood insurance. Neither the real estate agent nor the seller had disclosed that it was in a flood zone. So, things like that Jeez, you got to yeah. check out.
1: Yeah. And after further investigation, they uncovered the prior owner had filed a flood related claim with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. The couple um, was eventually able to get the seller to return $60,000 deposit um, and terminate the contract. Um, so, really, this, uh, I meant to say earlier, this article came from the Wall Street Journal. But one reason I wanted to talk about it was just because so many people rush into homes and they, you know, it's kind of always presented a lot of times as a home purchase is a win win. And that's not always the case. It, it, it can be quite a burden on people. And so you want to make sure when you buy a home, um, it's a blessing, not a curse. Um, so we were just going to go through just some how to buy a house um, tips on the next. This is from Ramsey, you know, just a quick right. thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. So the 10 steps here. First one, of course, decide if you're really ready to buy. You know, Do you have your emergency fund? Do you have all your debts? I mean, are you at that step yeah. where you can really afford to buy a house? Absolutely. Step two is figure out how much
1: house you can afford. Rule of thumb, uh, typically, as we call it, the 2836 rule. According to this rule, mortgage payments shouldn't be more than 28% of your pre-tax income. Um, and 30%, 36% of your total debts. Um, this is also known as the debt-to-income ratio, uh, but we like to say try to be debt-free if you can.
0: Absolutely, and then you have to save for down payment. You gotta have 20% down. If you don't have 20%, you're not ready to buy a house, and you gotta avoid PMI insurance.
1: Yeah, the next is get pre-approved for a mortgage. Uh, this, is likely, this is like giving a shopping list to your realtor. This allows you to know how much house you can afford, and so you can pull the trigger quickly uh, when you do find a house.
0: Yeah, and then find the right real estate agent. Yeah, I mean, uh, having a buyer's agent can help you navigate through the home buying process. Um, and If you get a good one, they'll really look out for you. Um, and in some cases, it may even be able to help you find a house before it hits the market, giving you a competitive edge. So when it comes to making an offer, your agent will negotiate on your behalf. Um, you know, they'll protect you. They'll help protect you and make sure you get a good deal. Yeah, step
1: six is go house hunting and be patient. Don't rush into it. Um, That's where we just talked about, where people rushed into it and they made a lot of mistakes.
0: Exactly. And then, you know, uh, make an offer on a house. If you don't get the house, don't worry about it. I mean, there are other houses out there. Don't panic. Don't get into panic offering and panic buying. Exactly.
1: Step eight, get a home inspection and appraisal crucial. Just like we talked about in the last
0: article, people that didn't get inspections paid dearly for it. Absolutely. And then be patient on getting your mortgage finalized. Um, Yeah. I mean, just don't, uh, again, don't rush into it.
1: Yeah. And step 10 is close on your house. You finally made it. Um, It's a long
0: process, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah, that's good. All right, good topic, and that brings us to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so this is something I
1: did recently. There's this website called costplusdrugs.com, and this is where I've saved a lot of money on my monthly prescription. I take a prescription every day, and it costs me about $10 for a 90-day supply, Um, and it is all generic drugs, um, but it's worth sending your prescription over there, seeing how much they can charge you, and it goes right to your mailbox. Um, so I don't have to go to a pharmacy because before that I was using GoodRx and I was shopping around and switching pharmacies all the time. So this has saved me a lot of money as well as time.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. Send us your questions or give us a call. You can reach us here at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. And have a great rest of your week.